Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Well, last week we talked about the 3 a.m. gospel test. You know, could you have an answer if somebody woke you up at 3 a.m. and said, hey, what's the gospel? And we looked at 1 Corinthians 15 and just the basic message that Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried and on the third day he rose. And we talked about how we even did that once at a summer camp where we would wake up the high school students at three in the morning and ask them, hey, what's the gospel? Uh, And I actually had some people ask, well, why didn't you do that on the men's retreat uh, this year? And well, we maybe we'll see what happens in future years on that front. Um, But today we want to look at, I guess, a different kind of 3 a.m. test because we're going to see somebody get woken up in the middle of the night or really have a vision in the middle of the night and It's going to be a very revealing instance in the scriptures that all of us could learn from. So let's look at this other 3 a.m. test in 1 Kings 3 and 4. And here we're going to see King Solomon. Now he is established and he is going to worship God at this high place in Gibeon. And it says in verse 5 of chapter 3, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. And so here, we don't know if it was 3 a.m., but and it doesn't seem that he was awakened because it was in a dream. But here, God comes to Solomon in the middle of the night and asks him a question. And he's not asking him, hey, what's the gospel? He's asking him, basically, ask me for whatever you want. Wow, what an interesting question. And this is what I want you to think about today. If God came to you in the middle of the night tonight and he asked you, you know, hey, what do you want? What would you say? What would you say? I think how we answer that question really reveals a lot about what's going on in our hearts and what is more most important to us. Well, Solomon, we see in verse six, he says, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? And so there we see he asks for wisdom. He admits, I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing with this great people. And God, I need your help. I need you to help me know the difference between right and wrong. And God liked this answer in verse 10, it says, it pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you 
has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I shall also give you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And so Solomon has this dream. And so I want us to examine our own hearts on a couple fronts. And first to come back to that question, what would you ask for? And I think just in kind of a broad sense, we see the value of Solomon goes and he asks for wisdom. Really, he asks for something with a spiritual focus. He asks for something that's going to help him please God. He doesn't ask for something that's merely going to help him please himself. And that's kind of the crux of one of the issues I want to get to as we respond to this passage is what is a bigger deal to you? Pleasing God or pleasing yourself? What is more important? And clearly for Solomon, pleasing God was more important than pleasing himself. Because if he was all about pleasing himself, he would have asked for one of these other things that God even mentions and God ends up giving to him. But Solomon's focus was on pleasing God. He wanted to lead God's people well, so he asked for wisdom. So again, examine your own heart. Which is the greater focus in your life, pleasing God or pleasing yourself? On a more specific note, the other thing that I want us to learn from this passage is even just the value of wisdom. And this is where we know that we can ask for wisdom and God will be pleased with that request. In fact, we, we know James 1.5 contains a promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask and ask in faith because God is going to give it. Uh, that God has promised to give us wisdom when we ask for it and when we seek it. So in kind of a general sense, I want you to be challenged to examine whether or not your bigger desire is to please God or to please yourself. But in a more specific sense, I want this passage to encourage us to seek wisdom. And we can seek wisdom, not just kind of with this vain hope of, you know, maybe it'll happen, but to seek wisdom with an assurance that God promises to give wisdom to those who seek it and to those who ask for it. So hopefully we see some of those lessons from this 3 a.m. test. A couple of our other passages today, I think, are going to be very encouraging to us. We can look to God for wisdom, but we can also look to God for any help that we need in this life. Let's go as we start Psalm 71 today, and we're looking at Psalm 71 verses 1 through 6. And again, it talks about God being a refuge. In verse 1, it says, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress." I love how it says that God is a rock of refuge to which we can continually come. God isn't just a rock of refuge every once in a while, but continually. We can always look to him. And this is where, as David goes, or I guess we don't know who wrote Psalm 71, but as the psalmist goes on here, uh, he talks about his personal history. 
And that's where we should think. And maybe you've had trials in the past. Maybe you weren't even saved right away. But whatever has happened, you should be able to look back and see how God has been protecting you. Uh, Look, he even says um, in verse five, he says, for you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth upon you. I have leaned from before my birth. Wow. Uh, Now think about that. I don't think he's saying, God, I've trusted you for so long. God, I trusted you before I was even born. I, I think what he's saying is more like it or not. I was depending on you whether I acknowledged that or not from before I was born. Because how many of you remember being inside your mother's womb? Well, zero right there, Uh, much less how many of you remember consciously saying, well, it's kind of dark and scary in here, but I'm trusting God to bring me out. No, we, we weren't aware of any of that, but you were dependent on God. Who was the one who protected you in your mother's womb? Who was the one that brought you out into this world? And who is the one who has provided you Everything that you have needed since that day, it's God. He is the rock of refuge to which we can continually come. And so I want you to think about your own history and whether you were actively trusting God or not to look back to even before you were born to see how God has had his hand in everything and God has been actively protecting you. We also see some things along this theme in 2 Corinthians as we start the book of 2 Corinthians today. And as we do that, we remember that this church presented some problems and even 1 Corinthians seems to be addressing some specific problems there. And then it seems that there's been some more correspondence. In fact, uh, Paul seems to refer in 2 Corinthians to another letter that happened in between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians that we don't have. Sometimes I like to call it one and a half Corinthians, but clearly we don't have it. God did not intend for us to have it because if he did, we would have it. Uh, But we see now 2 Corinthians, he's going to come back to some of the same issues, but also you're going to continue to see that uh, the Corinthian church was something of a labor of love for the apostle Paul, right? It was a difficult relationship, but Paul really loved these people. But right here in the opening passage, he talks about something that really connects well with Psalm 71, this idea of God being a rock of refuge. Look at what he says, starting in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 1. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. And so he talks about the comfort that Christians can have in God. And this doesn't mean that everything is always comfortable. No, he goes on to talk about in verse 8, a time when they felt burdened beyond their strength and they despaired of life itself, right? That doesn't sound comfortable. But in those moments... Um, they were taught to rely on the God of all comfort. It says in the middle of verse nine, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And so even think about every passage we've looked at today so far from asking for wisdom to God being a rock of refuge to now him being the God of all comfort. A lot of that should come together for us to teach us to rely on God and not 
on ourselves, that we should always be looking to him for wisdom, for comfort, for refuge, anything that we need. God does not want us to be self-sufficient. He wants us to be dependent on him. And that is a good thing. And so we see that kind of really in all of these first three passages we've looked at. And we see part of the reason why we can trust God as we finish up today in Mark chapter 14, verses 12 through 31. And here Jesus celebrates the disciple with his Passover, with his, uh, with his disciples, uh, celebrates the Passover rather with his disciples. And uh, we, we see him setting it up, but we also see here the institution of the Lord's Supper which is meant to be, again, a very tangible reminder for us of what Jesus has done. And so may we, as we think about him being the God of all comfort, him being uh, the rock of refuge to which we may continually come, let us remember that Jesus Christ died for us. There is no greater act of sacrifice that he could have done. And if he has already done that, can't we trust him now to be that rock of refuge? Can't we trust him now to give us wisdom? Can't we trust him now to give us comfort? So may we be encouraged by everything that we've seen today. May we know that our heart's in the right place. If God were to give us a 3 a.m. test and ask us for what we wanted, I hope that we would seek something that would help us please God instead of please ourselves. And today, whether it's wisdom or comfort or just refuge that we need, may we look to the God in which we know we can have all of these things. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.